0: Welcome to the Quantum of Podcast episode 8, brought to you by your host Frank Wesley, presenting you with stories, insights and ideas from the industry that helps put businesses back on track. In this episode, Frank is joined by David Kidd and Mike Duckett of Latimer Transitions to talk about a topic close to the daily routine of the insolvency professional, the redundancy of senior executives as part of corporate restructuring and the consequences for these highly experienced individuals. How does the landscape change for them when financial distress sets in and when an insolvency practitioner is appointed? What can be done to provide them with support and guidance? Good morning, thanks for coming in. Their business has been operating for
1: several years and provides outplacement, coaching and recruitment services. They're the founders of Latimer Transitions and from offices in Beaconsfield, Buckinghamshire, they cover the whole of the UK. So, David and Mike. Tell us briefly about your backgrounds and perhaps one or two interesting projects that you're working on at the moment.
2: Oh, OK, I'll start. I'm, I'm Mike Duckett, and uh, I'm a and psychologist, so um, I've been coaching now for 25, over 25 years, um, and some well, often in my work with people who were making career decisions at some point. Um, I would be getting uh, getting to the point where we need some practical advice, you know, LinkedIn profiles, what's the best format for a CV, etc. So I that's kind of how I met up with David, because David is in recruitment and knows about such things. So often I would be saying to him, here's somebody you could, uh, you could help, and vice versa, he would sometimes be referring people to me to help them make decisions. Um, before it gets practical as it were and so we decided one day there was uh, an opportunity or a need in the market for uh, joint work for people who were being forcibly or even um, voluntarily uh, made to
0: face a challenge of what's next. David? Yeah, yeah so my name is David Kidd um, Yes, my background is similarly to my twenty-five years in the in the world of, of recruitment, executive search, and recruitment advisory work, um, and that isn't just the uh, you know, sort of headhunting and and uh, finding CVs for for roles. It's actually in, involving a lot more, as Mike touched on there, the practical advice of, of how people actually go about finding roles. Um, and um, again, as Mike said, there's a, there's a lot of common ground when we get to the point where somebody is struggling with what to do next especially as they're more senior in a business obviously the pyramid gets a bit smaller when you get nearer to the top Um, and uh, it's it seems very straightforward to move within the same sector but actually lots of executives and senior people the challenge isn't so much that it's moving out of the sector and bringing what they feel is general business experience into a wider arena um And that's where the practical side of things really starts to work. You put that same thing in the context of uh, a difficult situation such as redundancy, the practical tools that um, I've worked with over the course of 25 years in recruitment have lent themselves actually to helping people be more practical as they go about that, Uh, extricating themselves from those difficult circumstances that redundancy brings. It sounds as though that um, uh,
1: a lateral approach to issues relating to redundancy and um relatively sudden career change is what's called for and i'm sure we'll uh drill into that a bit more as we carry on so um how are you seeing the main career challenges generally at the moment uh facing business owners and corporate executives it's more of a a general backdrop as to what you're seeing out there in the marketplace Uh, who wants to go first
2: I would say, taking the, 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 the question at face value, n- not necessarily people who are facing a forced challenge of what's next, but people who are in a career, uh, and um, it's, the, the, they're, they're thinking about, I wonder what could be next. Do I stay and wait for that promotion? <clears throat> could I move? Is it the right time to move? And, well, what do I want to do? So very often senior people, the question is, well what's right for me next, whether it's a forced move or or not. People, you might might cynically call it, get to a midlife crisis point, but I think a midlife career point, and they think, could I have done anything else? Sometimes the answer's no, you best stay where you are. Mm, mm, mm. Then there'll be all sorts of questions about um, what what the career challenges that face people who are having to make a change through redundancy
0: yeah and I think following just one small part on from what Mike just said it is something I touched on just now it is that change of sector um, mindset as well you know people have generally when you get to running a business it doesn't in from my perspective matter what widgets or gadgets or what you're actually doing you know you're driving the top line managing the bits in the middle and and coming out with the bottom line and working with teams of people who do lots of different things Um, and lots of executives who get to the top of a business feel like they have a very broad business background quite often Um, and it is that uh, um, limiting sector perhaps perspective that uh, You know, as they want to move from sector to sector, that becomes the real challenge, and they uh, are breaking out beyond that. It's often very difficult, and that for me is is fundamentally one of the biggest challenges to help people not just get over in themselves, Mm. but also help them to have the tools to break down the barriers when they go to an interview in a company that does a different kind of widget from the one they're in at the moment. Mm. Um, And Mm. definitely, if somebody has been a business owner in a specific sector and very deep knowledge of a sector. Bringing that business knowledge somewhere else is quite often a challenge, even if they have the skills. It's opening and broadening the minds of the people that they're meeting or being interviewed by. And that's, uh, that's not straightforward, as you can imagine.
1: Well, that's even before uh, the impact of financial distress on their business or their employer and the consequence of, of redundancy, uh, which brings, I imagine, a whole raft of uh, sudden and traumatic mm. career challenges. Mm. Um, what, what do you see as the impact of these uh, particular consequences? Well, if, if it's
2: uh, uh, you, somebody put to me "That am I really standing on a burning platform? And I think very often people, how uh, shall I put it metaphorically, maybe there's a bit of smoke around, but it isn't burning yet, but they tend to panic. Uh, so uh, another person that comes in very useful sometimes to is to get them to talk to a financial advisor, but get a sense of reality about your financial position. Um, now, they might well be standing on a burning platform, and they do need to make some pretty quick decisions. But obviously, the, my involvement is, is, is with, with the emotional distress. Uh, you, you get panic, anxiety. Um, Which it, is
1: often sort of lurking beneath the surface yeah. and doesn't necessarily show
2: no. well particularly with a person who is used to being seen as very competent uh, mm. you know I'm mm. in charge of things I'm in charge of everything that happens around here which implies I'm in charge of myself mm. and all mm. of a sudden I'm panicking and I'm feeling very anxious and things are not in my control anymore mm. Uh, mm. and so it's it's the it's recognizing that, that a lot of these things are not in your control and good questions are what are you trying to control here that you can't what are, you, um, what are you forgetting to control that you could, which is kind of your reaction.
1: Mm, mm, Often
2: mm. the model that's quoted at times of enforced, uh, say redundancy or, or uh, having to move on, is uh, the grief model. Classically people talk about the initial uh, responses of denial, anger, mm. denial, Um <clears throat> One of the quotes that you get from grief counsellors that's often quoted, I quite like, which, which can also apply in this case as well. If you were really dealing with, with grief, uh, one, of the, one of the sayings is, you can't stop the birds of sorrow from flying overhead. That's the truth. It's not a, not an easy process. But you can stop them from nesting in your hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the, <laughs> the job is that you... you Changing your reaction to circumstances—that's
1: circumstance. an old classical quote, is it?
2: Yes, right. Mm. Which is all about recognizing that this is painful. It's transitory. You can move on from this mm. and start mm. exploring uh, life.
1: And it's not, mm. it's not going to last forever necessarily. Forever, exactly. Mm. And mm. Very
2: often, uh, it's not going to last forever because a number of the people I deal with actually the financial distress isn't as great as they think it is. The reality. It's, they're still going to be pretty mm. comfortable it's mm. just adjusting mm.
1: your, uh, mm.
2: your level of your, your criteria for what's uh, acceptable comfort mm. Mm. yeah mm.
0: and I think aligned with that perhaps that panic and maybe an element of denial that there's something going wrong even though it's br- br- been brewing for a little while people get defensive about things and when you get into the arena where I step in and you're talking about practical things, because they've been the person that has always made the decisions, give guidance to others, delegate work and and, and drive a business forwards, um, sometimes they they forget to that people can help them and they don't have to know everything and um, they don't always have to have all of the answers. And that's again where I think mm. when we're being practical with them, um, we try and keep things as simple as we can, and, and you know, mm-hmm. simple, one step at a time actions to take, um, where you don't need to think about what happens next. Let's just, you know, deal with what's in front of us mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: moment by moment. Um, and I'm sure that's, uh, you know, f- from the, the, the financial side and the guidance that, that you're given. There's something that's very simple. There's sort of similarities mm-hmm. in that. But it is just take one step at a time and keep things as simple as you can, mm-hmm. um, and hopefully mm-hmm. then people can start to cope a bit better mm. Mm. And, and, and how
1: what steps should they take to, to try and cope with those issues because it sounds as well, though that what what instinctively happens is, is, is an emotional or a knee jerk reaction because mm. often these developments come out of the blue mm. yeah. or even if the an executive is aware that financial distress uh, is, is present and redundancy is um, inevitable um, the shock of it actually happening mm. is often quite different from the, the expectation yeah. of its effects yes <clears throat>
2: they again classically you would say that the that what you envisage as a demon isn't as demonic it, when you actually face it when you shine a light on it it isn't quite as bad as you thought and I think that's partly the job that we do is saying we're well, not denying that there is a demon that needs a light shining on it, but once we shine the lights on it and you're yeah. prepared to face it, you can start to get back, well, get back some control. Yeah, because it I feels know. like everything's out of control, and mm-hmm. it isn't. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. and and I think when you when you get that um, emotional response, you know, there's the saying that you can't beat an emotional decision with logic. And so, to start with, where, where possible, the first thing we say to somebody is stop mm.
1: mm-hmm. almost do nothing
0: mm. now mm. how long they can do nothing for I appreciate is couched in the, in the reality of the financial situation perhaps mm. for them more personally than the business one so obviously there has to be an element of sympathy and uh, you know, a- empathy to that situation um, but If they can stop, even if it's just for a week or two Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and have conversations about how they're feeling themselves and work through some of that, Mm -hmm. then they become more open to talk about it and they can put their hands up and say, yes, okay, I appreciate I've got a challenge to deal with and and now Mm -hmm. we can start doing Mm -hmm. sort of logical things. Um, and their, their options then open up in terms of looking for a new role or picking up a new business or whatever else they might do what's right for them mm. um, and that's where the partnership that we have in terms of Mike helping them very specifically to do that stop mm. moment mm. and, and mm. then have conversations about what's right for them and, and, and um, them to make some decisions about that sort of thing and then, and then I step in and we start working on the logical practical bits and pieces that help them rebuild mm. I suppose
2: as well they, they probably...
0: <clears throat> they um,
2: wanting to take action. They've probably been seen as, and probably were, action sort of people. They made things happen, and uh, the first reaction is that something happened. Mm. Uh, effectively, mm. I need to get back where I was as fast as possible. Now, in your case, mm. I'm, you're dealing a lot with business owners. Yes, that's who, right. That's right. Who uh, have created a baby? it's mm. their baby. Mm and they, so they've got to deal with the loss of that um, so you can see why models of grief are particularly mm. applicable mm. But it um, is typically the, the reaction is how can I get back to, it, to where I am today as fast as possible mm. we're saying, which is hard to say, hard to take don't do anything just yet, mm. stop
1: mm. Mm.
2: stop because it could be an opportunity. You're mm. going to have mm. to stop and allow it to be an opportunity, mm. so long as the platform hasn't almost burnt through. Mm.
1: Uh, mm.
2: In, which, in which case you've got
1: some... Because, problems. of course, that, that role, as it was, is no longer there in these circumstances. Mm. And so perhaps the individual is trying to recreate um, psychologically... Uh, something that obviously doesn't exist anymore, mm. or they have their own s- self-perception of um, what they should be doing mm. and who they're responsible for, and that's, that's gone.
2: Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's absolutely unique. I, yeah. I don't yeah. have formulas for working with people, but we are talking generalities here. But because, mm. yeah, There will be some people who... Um, just can't face starting all over again Mm. and other Mm. people think well I've done it once before I'll create another business Mm. you might Mm. want to stop and think really want to do that by all means if you come to the conclusion Mm. eventually I do then it's a good decision Mm. Mm. just Mm. stop and take your time to reflect
0: Mm. Mm. and I I think you know Mike and I have talked about this a lot in the past that we've met people who have said with hindsight that that redundancy situation that You know how, no matter how it occurred, was actually one of the best things that ever happened to them. Mm, Um, mm. And and sometimes, you know, at the moment when it's happening, you're obviously you're not going to feel like that. Mm, Um, mm. But I would, I wouldn't put a a number on it as such. But I would suggest it's more in the majority than the minority of people who would turn around and say, actually, you know what, that was the best thing that happened to me, Mm. for for a whole range of individual and different reasons. Mm. Um, But that moment of being able to make um, some choices for yourself again, perhaps where there aren't pressures coming from other um, directions, mm-hmm. albeit it doesn't feel like that at the moment. It's happening, but if you can stop and you can start to make some choices, actually, it is a, you know the, the the weight off your shoulders. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think is one of the biggest things, and people can make some new choices. And it might be that they decide to go in the same direction, but they do it for rationale. Sensible reasons, mm. or they go in a mm. different direction again because they mm. thought it through and planned and, mm. and that's, I think, our sort of fundamental part in all of this mm. is to help them make choices that um, that work for them. Mm. In the end, they have mm. to find their own direction, but it's us mm. to help help mm. them to do that.
1: Mm. Mm. And, and typically, how long does that take when you're supporting or advising? a client to start see the wood for the trees and identify their choices mm-hmm. and take some action.
0: How long is a piece <clears throat> of strength? Yeah, mm. It mm. really does, Again,
2: from individual to individual. It yeah. does. There are some, some individuals who don't find it easy to uh, introspect, to reflect personally. It's just not what they're used to doing. Mm. They do need to do it. The sort of process is um, probably starts with a backwards look. Before you can set some clear goals for the future and think about the future, we need to look at what this event has led to in your own mind. Mm. Are there mm. any any ideas about yourself? Mm. Any any? What I call thought viruses. Mm. Have mm. you picked mm. up some sort of thought viruses from this event that are not necessarily mm. true and not going to help you? Mm. Like, you know. Mm. Dent in your confidence and those sort of things so you need to deal with that before you can clearly set some goals then you need to go on to start thinking about yourself, what really matters, if you're going to make an opportunity of it this period of self-reflection is what makes me tick, Mm -hmm. what have I learnt over the years about myself and is there anything I haven't learnt yet but I can discover it's an opportunity to make a decision, what do I, what would be really the right thing for me to do next then you can start setting some very clear goals, and that's very much when David takes over. So, mm-hmm. just by describing mm-hmm. that, I suppose that's going to take. It's, a it's going to take a month or two, mm-hmm. even if mm-hmm. even if this person is
0: used to doing that kind yeah. of thinking. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. on, on the mm-hmm. practical side, again, it's a very similar answer. Um, you know, I can use one relatively recent example. We'll call him mm-hmm. Greg. Mm-hmm. Um, he took on board the practical stuff very, very quickly. And within a few days, he had a whole range of, what I would call sort of coffee conversations with good contacts, networking conversations with people from various stages in his career. Mm. And within another month after that, he had a number of interviews that he had essentially created for himself. Um, But at every point in, in, in that journey, he and I were talking virtually every day about how he would handle the conversations. Mm. Um, you know, and as an example, one of the first things that he did is he's desperate to talk to somebody about getting a new job. Mm. And I said to him, well, hang on a second, your objective, and let's be sensible. is just to have a coffee with this person. Mm. Let's just say, it'd be great to catch up. Let's go and have a coffee mm. and, and focus on the one step that you can control. Mm. You can't control whether he's recruiting or has a job for you, but you can mm. control whether you have a catch up conversation mm. and what that involves. Mm. And, that is a far more straightforward way to reconnect with somebody than have you got a job for them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why when people try and do it on their own, those are the things they miss and they burn those contacts very quickly, not because people have any ill will towards them, but because the reason for them contacting them is a bit more complicated and perhaps they can't help and people get put off by that. Sort mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so turning this difficulty into an, an opportunity doesn't necessarily mean you go for your end goal straight away, then mm-hmm. you know, take it mm-hmm. take it. S- sensible steps and this chap you know got a new role very very quickly um, compared to somebody else that we are working with exactly the same time mm. who decided to become a sort of self-employed business advisor and he's kind of still looking for a first customer he's mm. got a couple of sort of tentative things but he's still you know so their time scale is now maybe what a year and they're very very different results mm. but they're also going different routes mm. and, and we've helped mm. them in different ways mm. Mm. Uh, just uh, Related to
2: that, how long it takes them, Frank, do you have any idea how many people who own a business that has to go into insolvency and they go on to start another mm. you, uh, or drop out of owning business and go mm. into employment? Do you, mm. do you know, is there, are there any statistics on that?
1: Um, I'm sure there are, but from my own professional experience, um, what I often see is that individuals who've as you say, created a baby, set up their business and lived with it often for many years, Consider themselves to be unemployable Mm. and um, would not intend or relish to slot back into um, a corporate hierarchy. Mm. Um, Mm. So they would look to um, try and be self-sufficient, set up their own business again, Mm. uh, uh, much smaller, Uh, scale but 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 take it from there Mm. I think that's what I often see as the mindset of a business owner um, or entrepreneur Um, there are also those who go back into employment um, because they don't want or they can't take the pressure that uh, accompanied the Mm. role of owning and running their own business um, historically and so I suspect that's much more suitable for them. Um, there's no point in them starting again uh, with, a, with a with a new venture and then ending up in the same place mm. again at some point in time in the future.
2: So- yeah, I mean, already if I've got a fictitious person in mind, lots of questions there about what have you learned about yourself, your mm. your strengths and so on mm. Mm. Um, mm. over the course of having that business, building it up and losing it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I, I do wonder about, I don't think there are many people who have been in that business owning, if it's a sizable business, mm. and going into employment.
1: Mm.
2: I can't think of many that have. I think of one one who did. But I do know a few smaller business owners who end up going back to work for a client. Mm. And in fact, mm. They, mm. they kind of relax back into having, oh, I've got a regular income mm. and, uh, mm. and I don't have to worry uh, about everything to do with the business anymore. Mm. That's not very common. Mm.
1: Uh, and mm. Certainly not with mm.
2: people who own a larger sort of business. Yeah, I agree with that. Because mm. if you are, you're an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur. Mm. And,
1: mm. Yeah, it's in the blood. It's in the blood. Mm. So are, are there any other um, lessons that executives can learn uh, from this experience that, that comes to mind?
2: One of the things—can I just start, go, go, David go, yeah. was going to say—so one of the things that I, I should have said at the beginning is, is this idea of networking. David's just talked about mm-hmm. contacts. One, mm-hmm. of the, one of the common points I come to when working with people who have been in corporate, that sort of been employed mm-hmm. for quite some time, they ignore the networking, but mm-hmm. smaller businesses keep going because they recognise it's their lifeblood and particularly if you've fallen into the idea of believing that this is it for life, this business is is totally secure Mm -hmm. and I'll be here forever, you let your network die Mm -hmm. and we have a job Mm -hmm. to start it up again. Mm -hmm. The lesson Mm -hmm. is never let that contact yeah. there's networks outside your your current sphere of operation never mm. let that die
1: because you'll never know when you might need to reconnect yes. with it and,
0: yeah. and, and also in the same context don't underestimate the fact okay you may not have had contact with someone for 10 years but mm. don't underestimate the goodwill that's out there mm. um, and there are as i just highlighted you know simple ways to reconnect with somebody mm. which mm. doesn't sound like you're because you i appreciate you might not want to feel like you're sort of Begging for mm. something, mm. going out there, cap in hand. Mm. There, there's some, there's some soft and gentle ways to make those reconnections and engage with people that, that sort of engenders that goodwill. Um, mm. And the mm. other, the mm. big lesson for this for me is you're not alone. You don't have to be doing this on your own. Mm. There are mm. people like us who are interested in you, mm. you know, and mm. have your best mm. interests at heart. Mm. Um, and want to help you get the best from a difficult situation mm. um, my my father, all
2: those years ago in the 60s, I vaguely remember him being made redundant, and I think in those days there was a terrible stigma mm. all, you know because most people did have kind of jobs or career for life um, <clears throat> and I wasn't, I wasn't sort of professionally aware of it, but more power to it and now on reflection with the way he handled it mm-hmm. these days it's, it's that bit easier there is no stigma. It happens all, really time. Really. Mm-hmm. It happens mm-hmm. all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Companies are letting people go for one reason or another, all the time. So redundancy, or the company, did the business doesn't work out. That's that early stage of dealing with any kind of stigma that you might think attaches to that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, so, uh, yeah, I was just going to say it's a major selling point for lots of entrepreneurs. Yeah, mm, I've made a mistake. I've had a couple yeah, of businesses, mm, that, businesses that have failed. But look mm, at me now, mm, and I wouldn't mm, be where I am mm, if I hadn't have failed. You know? mm, so that, mm, uh, that redundancy, that challenge and going through these difficult circumstances, mm, insolvency, solvency, etc., mm, sometimes really drives something even more successful afterwards. Mm. So, so it's what business owners and executives
1: do, how they react in the face of adversity, that mm. really shows their their true character yeah. and what it, they're made of
2: one of, one of the, to put a formal title on the process they're appreciative inquiry but mm. basically it's it's asking people to reflect on they got to where they were for mm. some good reason mm. Mm. Uh, and so they so they have some strengths and they will have faced not exactly the same event, but they mm. face circumstances and overcome them by drawing on those strengths. So mm. we go back mm. over that and say, well, "What strengths did you use then?" You could use the same strengths of character right now, mm. even though it's mm. a different a different event. Mm. So, right? Mm. Yes, it is. It's reflecting back and realizing yeah. you you can grow from this. Mm. But mm. I,
0: I also think though that the, the people that ultimately do keep struggling are the ones who think that they can do it. All on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and although there's nothing wrong with being on your own, I think the people that recognize that they can surround themselves with others that can help Mm. don't have to be helping all the time Mm. there are certain things that um, they definitely can do on their own and they Mm. won't need help for Mm. but when help is required Mm. the ones who aren't afraid to ask for it Mm. in whatever Mm. context Mm. whether that be a good accountant a good lawyer a good Mm. insolvency specialist whatever it might be um those are the ones that truly i think will make it Mm. uh, Mm. far Mm. more successfully
1: so moving on um and um, taking on board everything that we've been discussing how do you see that the services provided by Latimer Transitions can complement the work that insolvency practitioners do on a day to day basis
0: well I think from everything we've touched on in some respects it's just softening the impact on a human being because at the end of the day they are a human (laughs) being softening the impact of a difficult situation Mm -hmm. Um, in part you know touching on what what Mike does is you know, the bringing that that choice back within themselves helping them to understand themselves mm. um, give mm. themselves permission to do some things differently mm. Um, mm. and then um, for me my side of it is helping them to work through what they do next with practical tools and mm. guidance and and that I think hopefully will enhance mm. the services that you're providing them with the logical mm. practical financial uh, planning mm. Um, mm. and those things together hopefully will help somebody rise again, come out of the difficult situation. I'm, I'm also going to guess, Frank, that in, in the people you work with,
2: you're going to be seeing, you're going to have good advice to give, mm. advice that has to be has to be given, some facts that have to be faced up to, and you're going to see people who are not really receiving that. Maybe even they're just not listening.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's, that's often the case.
2: Yeah. yeah, so it must be frustrating for you. It is. That?
1: It is because we can see what we think their options are. Mm. Um, We can't make people's minds up for them. They have to make the decisions themselves Mm. and deal with the consequences of those decisions. But where we see an individual or group of individuals just take no action gradually Mm. in in unusual circumstances, it will just result in um, a loss of control ultimately. Mm. Yeah. Uh, of, of their business and the consequences that that has for them as individuals, yeah. Um, yeah. it's inevitable that external stakeholders will um, not so much take control because each of those stakeholders will often be looking after their own separate individual interests. Mm. But it will cause a collapse of the uh, of the entity of the of the infrastructure, mm. and they'll possibly. Turn around and wonder, well, how did this happen?
2: Mm. How did that happen? Um, Exactly, Yeah. And even though you were telling them all along, how did this to happen? I think to answer your question about complementing the work that insolvency practitioners do, the way you describe it, it's actually a very positive service. Mm. 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 And maybe some of the work that we do with people, if it's at the earliest stage, is help them face that reality. Uh, get through that period of denial quickly face the reality don't avoid it because of uh, thoughts of stigma and what does it it say about you and so on Um, start to want to look forward and set some goals which is where again you're you're able to put put some reality Mm. into those goals Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. help them as you said help them realise what their options are um, so I suppose in, in its simplest yeah. sense, um, helping people listen to mm, you. Know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, mm. definitely. Bringing people to the table yeah. so they're in a state ready to listen to your advice. Yeah.
1: I think what this shows is that your professions and mine can work closely together and there's definite value to be provided to, to senior business owners and executives when they're affected at the cold face by corporate distress. Mm. How can the listener get hold of you? How can they find you? Is it via your website or...? Or what would you say?
0: Yeah, that's that's probably the easiest thing at this stage. They can yeah. the website, which is uh,
2: latimatransitions.com mm-hmm. uh, or email us at info at latimatransitions.com yeah. that will then get to both or either of
1: us. Great.
2: And one of us on holiday. Don't take <laughs> <Happy> holidays.
1: <laughs> well, thanks, guys. I appreciate that. Thanks for coming into our offices in not so sunny Marlow today in providing your valuable thoughts. It was a pleasure speaking with both of you. So I'll sign off now until the next Quantum of Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. And until next time, thanks for listening.